Welcome to the show. Uh, this is episode 16. Um, today's episode, we're just going to go straight to the interview. Uh, we've been uh, talking to this gentleman a um, couple, couple weeks now, and we're just very excited to get him on board um, at the beginning of this, uh, the rocket ship that's taken off. Uh, you've probably seen uh, him without knowing it, um, if you don't know who this is, um, on social media. Every time I go to Twitter or Instagram, I see pictures of him. Um, you know, I've even seen people getting tattoos uh, of him and his character. So definitely it's going viral and um, starting to see a take off really, you know, in the last couple weeks. Um, but he p- portrays Art the Clown in the movie Terrifier, which if you've not seen it is very gory, very brutal. Um, definitely more of a kind of an 80s throwback um, than some of the PG-13 horror that's out right now. But um, the man under the makeup is uh, Mr. David Howard Thornton, um, kind enough to drop by and um, interview with us. Um, we also found out he's actually from the South as well. He's from Alabama, so he's a Southern southern gentleman like uh, me and the ladies. They're also Southern gentlemen. Um but yeah, very cool conversation. We got to talk about his background um, extensively about Terrifier and Art the Clown and, and his inspirations and you know some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, his makeup. Uh, he talks a little bit about um, he has some conventions lined up for 2018, um, including one in England. Uh, he's got some current projects he's working on, some that are coming out later, and uh, it was just a really cool conversation. Um, again, we were very excited to get him on uh, before he got too big to uh, get on the show. So um, again, we're going to kind of skip straight ahead to that. Um, we we want to give him enough time to go over all that stuff. So uh, after the break, we will come back and... Art the Clown himself, Mr. David Howard Thornton, uh, will be in to talk to us. All right, so today uh, we're very happy to have uh, a guest on our show. Uh, I've been talking for a couple weeks now, and um, it's kind of one of those, like, take your shot and if it happened you know so we 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 didn't think we would be able to get him on just because you know the movie he's in is just blowing up right now so um but uh it is the um star of i guess you would call it a viral hit now i mean every time i pull up my instagram there's pictures of him and drawings and lane and i saw somebody had even gotten tattoos of him so i think you know (laughs) i think we have a new icon on our hands but uh he plays Art in uh, the new horror film, uh, Terrifier. So we're pleased to have with us uh, Mr. David Howard Thornton. Thank you for joining us today. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so Yay. so Yay. just, I think we're going to get to this later a little bit in depth, but I mean, like, ha- have you been noticing the, you know, the, the buzz and seeing things on socials? I mean, is it like a daily yeah. thing? Like, oh, there's 10 pictures today. Oh, there's 50. Like, what's it been like watching the swell, you know? It's been crazy. I mean, we were were hoping people were going to like it, but we were being realistic from the get-go. Like, you know, it might get a little bit of a falling, but who knows what's going to happen. And this has totally surpassed what we thought was going to happen. Yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, I I get, I don't know how many messages and friend requests and everything like that now every single day. And I'm I'm trying my best to keep up with them all. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's, it's so overwhelming, but so in a great way. So I'm just like, this is wow. They don't teach you this in class. No. <laughs> no. What, what, what do I do? Yeah. 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 I sometimes come home from work and I'm like, oh, 50 friend requests. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, okay. I can do this. I got to do this. <laughs> Well, there's worse wow. problems to have, I'm sure. So. Yeah, I, I've just been amazed though. With the, you know, this, especially all the tattoos and everything. That's nuts. Yeah. Right. That's wild. Right. That's nuts. I'm like, someone wants me on their body for the rest of their life. <laughs> for the rest of their life. Forever. <laughs> I mean, you know, someone's gonna be telling their grandkids one day. Oh yeah, that's a guy. He kills people. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you want to watch it? Yeah. Like, family, family view yeah. night. Yeah. You want yeah. nightmares for the rest of your life? It's, it's yeah. Especially, like, once the skin starts sagging and just the skin. Yeah. Like, oh. It's even scarier. I yeah. I say, that would look even more badass and terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Go from uh, Art the Clown to Bozo the Clown. Yeah. <laughs> this is melting. <laughs> Well, um, usually the way our interviews start, we always kind of start with the softball question. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your background, you know, where you're from. You told us before we started, you're from the South like we are, so kudos mm -hmm. to that. Another Southern southern boy in the business doing good. Um, you know, where'd you go to college? You know, just kind of give us an idea of a little bit of your background. All right. Um, well, I, I was originally, um, bleh, can't talk all of a sudden, originally from Huntsville, Alabama. I, I lived there about... 26 years of my life before I moved up here to New York. So I, I was pretty, you know, active in the local theater community there. I, oddly enough, I started doing um, uh, children's theater before anything else, really. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, that was interesting because I, I went home last weekend for both a wedding and a funeral. And a lot of the uh, people that are in charge of local children's theater, they're like, so... We would love to like hang up a poster, but <laughs> I understand. Yeah, that's a little much. Well, yeah, so yeah, I did a lot of theater back home in Huntsville. Um, actually, I went to uh, University of Montevallo, but I didn't get a theater degree there. I actually got a teaching degree in elementary education, which is you know quite a different change in life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You do have to kind of be a clown a little bit sometimes oh you do you do oh, i put up with a lot of clowns too in teaching <laughs> true oh yeah so yeah yeah i gave all that up um because I, I lost my mom to cancer back when i was about 22 years old so that kind of helped mm -hmm. change my whole like perspective on what i want to do with my life and i decided to go ahead and give this um career a shot and moved up here to new york and the rest is history that's really cool. Um, you did mention that you have a theater background. Um, mm -hmm. How so? You've been involved in theater for a really long time, and do you have any more memorable or favorite roles that you've played in theater? Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like I, I would say like some of my favorite roles. Like the, I would say, of course, my first memorable role was when I was in preschool. And I played the carrot in the carrot seed of all things. So that was, Aww. but I, I think that's when I learned I could make people laugh because I, the little uh, um, the leaf part of the carrot kept on going to my face when I was supposed to be still on stage, and I just kept on going. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, that clown was born. You know, like, <laughs> it was like, um, my first like real, because I did a lot of musical theater. My first musical theater production I ever did was Barnum. And I played the sad face clown in that. So oh, that's there kind you of, go. Full circle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, You've I'm waiting for you circle. to tell me you did like a children's performance of it and you were Pennywise when you were like 10 or something. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, but yeah, but I would say probably my favorite role that I really, that I was really known for back home in Huntsville, especially in the community, uh, was, um, I did the role twice. It was, uh. The role of Nuff said the camel in a production of Aladdin, not Disney's, <laughs> but he, he, he was a very interesting, he was like almost like a Nathan Lane-ish, um, oh, Jerry wow. Luke type character. So oh my like, gosh. Nuff the camel, hi. He's <laughs> 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 kind of like, hey, Aladdin, how are you doing? You know, oh so, my gosh, it, it was such a, it was the hottest costume I've ever worn in my life, though. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. yeah. And then I'd say probably my last one, like my most recent. I mean, I've done so many. Like I, I love doing like Thirty Nine Steps twice, where I played like forty different characters in that. But um, it would probably be where I got a lot of my influence for a lot of physical comedy and everything was was when I I, I toured for uh, five years with the uh, national tour of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the musical. And I was nice. the uh, Grinch's understudy in that, and our Grinch was Stephen Carl from uh, Lazy Town. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. nice. Stefan is amazing. Like, just amazing physical actor. It's just like, he's a master at that. It's like, he's kind of known as Iceland's Jim Carrey. Oh, wow. Jim. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's like, he's just fantastic. Just the nicest man in the world. Just so incredibly talented. And, and he kind of, you know, took me under his wing. And like, you know, helped me fine-tune my skills. Because I had grown up doing a lot of... Um, you know, physical comedy, but I had never had an actor that was better than I was at it that could actually help me fine-tune my skills until I met Stefan. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. So I, I put a lot of Stefan into my, my um, role as art, I would say. I had several, like, moments on stage, oh, not stage, but on, on film where I was on set sitting there thinking to myself, okay, what am I going to do here? And I'll just go, okay, what would Stefan do in this moment? And I'm like, oh, okay, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> That's great that you have, like, that, that you know, spot to reach to. Yeah. And a world-class, I'm sure, teacher, you know, to, to watch every night and guide you. And oh, it was like a master's class watching him perform every night. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, uh, on a side note, did you ever get get in the Grinch makeup? Did you ever get to? I I got to do a lot of some press stuff my first year or so, but like Stefan's such a powerhouse that he would never call out sick on except for <laughs> occasions. And when he did, I had already taken on um, the other role I used to understudy of Grandpa Who. And so they would put the other, they had two Grinch understudies, so the other Grinch understudy would go on instead. Because they didn't want to have to put two understudies in. Yeah. Mm. So I'm like, okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I would love to return to the role one day and actually play the Grinch. It'd be a lot of fun to do. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. Um, and I think we've heard a little bit of some of the voices you can do. I have to say, I watched the YouTube video 
Um, the 110 impressions in nine minutes, which is super impressive. So <laughs> I watched the whole nine minutes, I have to say. Oh, wow. What's your my, heart? Oh, it, it was so entertaining. I have to say my favorites were uh, Mama Clump and then <laughs> Pinky and the Brain, which was a throwback for me, which I loved. Oh, <laughs> so good. But, uh, when did you first discover you could do all this? And what is your personal favorite voice to do? God. Um, <laughs> I first discovered I could do this back in the first grade. It was during story time. And our teacher was reading us a Mickey Mouse book, of all things. And this girl I had a crush on in my class passed me a little note during story time asking me if I would be her boyfriend. And I just I was sitting, I read the note, and I'm like, gosh! Oh, I love it. Nowhere. So I discovered my voice there. And it was like, and I, I kind of built on it from there because um, you know, like the next year, that's when uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out in 1988. And I, I was obsessed with that movie. Yeah. And I watched all the behind the scenes stuff that they hit. They did like special on TV one night. And that's when I learned about um, Mel Blanc that did all the voices for all the Looney Tunes characters. Mm. My guy did all those voices. I want to learn how to do that. So like ever since then, I had like just anytime <laughs> I heard an interesting voice, I would try to like learn how to do it. Now I have like over 200 plus voices in my repertoire. I lost count. <laughs> I'm always discovering new ones. So it's just like, oh, well, that happened. <laughs> yeah. I love the Roger Rabbit, too. That was my oh, yeah. favorite. <laughs> one of my favorites, too, because uh, it's, no one does it right. Everybody does this right. like thing with their lips where they just kind of go. And, no, no. Charles right. Fleischer, I, I discovered as a kid, like when I watched that video, <laughs> did it in his cheek. So it's this little. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was amazing! So amazing. Yeah. Donald Duck, little his angry yell and the little <laughs> thing, his <laughs> cheek. It's just like you know, little things you learn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh boy, favorite voice. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe one you want to learn. Yeah, the the one I've been really trying to perfect, of course, is my my Joker voice. I think that one's always going to be going forever because it's like there's always new nuances to it. I mean, it's heavily influenced by Mark Hamill, which I think is the best version of the Joker the by far. Only Joker. Yeah, he really is. I was like, I mine mine pales in comparison to his. But it's interesting going back and like listening to like how he originally started out as a Joker in like the first few episodes of Batman and almost sound like a normal voice, and now you hear him as he's aged in like the Arkham City games and stuff like that, and it's like, oh wow, such a difference between the two. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is you know, being a Star Wars fan for mm-hmm. the longest time, I didn't even know it was him. Same he here. just, I mean, his voice changes that much. I had no yeah. clue. It wasn't until he was like on a talk show, like back I think when they were about to release like the 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 prequels, and he was on there and they mentioned that he did the voice of the Joker, and I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> Had no it's like, idea. No, you're not. No, he doesn't. Yeah. But, and then he doesn't. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> it's, it's magnificent. Yeah, I love it. I love him. <laughs> right. Man, I hope to meet him one day. That would be great. Oh, I mean, you probably have a a good chance. Lord knows they're making enough Star Wars movies. You can 
They will <laughs> scoop you up for something. <laughs> Just put me some creature in the background. Right. <laughs> well, you could be in the cantina band, you know. <laughs> That's good enough. That's good enough. In Star Wars, that would be like dream come true. I, I'd be happy being storm, Stormtrooper number eight. I don't care. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, so rolling along, um, I guess we are going to kind of start talking about art a little bit more. Um, And art was obviously originally played by another actor in All Hallows' Eve. Um, So tell us a little bit about how you got involved um, in the recasting process. Well, I had originally seen uh, Mike Gianelli's, uh, the original art, uh, his performance in All Hallows' Eve before I even knew about the auditions for the movie. I had like randomly come across it online and like, Oh wow, that's a cool character. I'd love to play something like that one day. And so like, uh, back in 2015, I, there was a, um, a notice on this actor's website that I go on that I sometimes just ask my agents to submit me for stuff on. And they were looking for a tall, skinny guy with clowning and physical comedy experience to play the quote unquote role of a lifetime. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, a uh, killer clown by the name of Hart. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this? And I, you know, looked it up like, oh, hell yes, it is. Okay. I'm like, I'm perfect for this. And so I immediately contacted my reps. I was like, you have got to submit me for this. And they did and went in for the audition. And um, it was probably one of the more unique auditions I've ever had because I'm used to giving it being given a script for everything I do. And since Art does not speak... I wasn't given a script and I'm like, Oh, and I see I'm sitting there in the, the, the waiting room and there's some other people auditioning for other characters and they all have scripts. And I'm like, what, what, what the hell? <laughs> what's yeah. it, did I just not get something? And, and I go in the room and it's like, so um, I don't have a script. And they're like, Oh no, it's okay. You don't need one. I'm like, Oh, oh okay. So what do you want me to do? And Damien's like, just um, improv a scene where you decapitate a guy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And it's like, can I have you? It's like, no, just go ahead and do it now. I'm like, okay, cool. We're doing this. And so I just, like, off the top of my head, I had this scene I came up with where um, I sneak up behind the victim, like, like a cartoonish manner, you know, do the whole, like, shh, be very, very quiet thing, you know? <laughs> like, knock him in the head. So, and so I end up taking out like some hacksaw out of my um, my bag of tricks, saw off his head, pick up the head, and <laughs> go and taste the blood on the head. I'm like, oh, ah, <laughs> like it. So I take out a salt shaker, salt the head. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Give it a thumbs up, and I throw it in the bag for like you know for later. You know, gotta have a midnight yeah. snack. <laughs> old head cheese and, oh uh, god <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> and then I just skipped out and went on my way and they were all dying laughing by the end of it and I'm like well I, I guess I did well and they're like can you come in for a makeup test and I'm like yeah sure and it wasn't for like a few more months I went in for the makeup test and sitting there with the makeup on them. So I'm like, so I got to ask, do I have the part? I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We forgot to tell you. Yeah. You're hired. (laughs) (laughs) 
great. <laughs> I mean, I got to be honest. You're you're very impressive in this role. And anybody who you know hasn't watched this, it's it's something else. So I can't even imagine them how happy they were watching that audition. They were like, "Oh my God, there's our guy." I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were very very good. So is. I just want to make sure that at least one of us gets that out. You were absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Absolutely. Yes. Well, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so this question I wrote for myself, and I was hoping it would land on me, so I'm glad it worked out that way. Um, but I made a I, – I kind of made an observation. Uh, art, to me, kind of um, – um, he kind of struck me as like a demented student of Charlie Chap- Chaplin, um, mm-hmm. you know, on the on the other side of the spectrum. Um, and you'd mentioned, you know, from being an understudy, obviously, and of course your theater background. But what were, do you have any like specific inspirations for what you were trying to achieve with art? Uh, were some of the silent movie guys yeah. inspiration? You know, <laughs> did you just throw a lot of things in a blender? Like what all were you were you thinking? That's basically it. I mean, like, I, I I like to say art is basically like Freddy Krueger and Harpo Marx had a kid. Mm. That's the best way I would describe it. And it's like I grew up on the old silent films. I My parents and grandparents made sure I had a great education in films. And so I grew up watching Charlie Chaplin and the Marx Brothers and Three Stooges and Buster Keaton and all those guys. And I, I just, as an early age, I like glommed onto that. I just love that type of physical humor. I because it's, it's it's such a rarity to see this day and age. And then um, so those guys, of course, were like big, huge inspirations. Um, I would also say my aunt back when I was like twelve or thirteen years old. She gave me a whole huge box set of all the Mr. Bean videos. Ooh, nice. Ah. And I, like, <laughs> I can oh, see Mr. Bean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is like, I love Mr. Bean. Uh, like, Rowan Accent, my God, that man is just amazing. <laughs> and and I had already, at that age, I was like, I want to play a character like this one day, where he's just this mischievous, like, little shit that just <laughs> with people, but it's all, you know, all this physical comedy. He's like a child in that way. And I'm like, I, I want to do this someday. So like, I, I, I would always I would find ways for a little bit of Mr. Bean, a lot of characters I play. And of course, um, Jim Carrey, huge influence on me. I, I love Jim Carrey. Um, Doug Jones, huge influence as well. I'm like, ugh. I hear he's just the sweetest man too. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. Jones loved. I'm so glad that he's finally getting recognition now for everything too. I was like, it's about time. Yeah, agreed. He's genius. About yeah. Doug, if, if you're listening, I love you. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, Stefan's a huge influence too. And you know, as for horror, I would say definitely Robert England. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like his version of Freddy Krueger is like is like amazing is because he, he married like humor and horror into something spectacular yeah. and it was that even like little stuff that. oh sorry sorry to interrupt um with robert oh, yeah. england you know because and i think we might have talked about this in one of our episodes but in this when the sequel came around part two they were going to recast him 
because they're like, just throw somebody in makeup, you know, and just oh, how stupid! Of yeah, him. and but you know, <laughs> one of the things that he did was, you know, he kind of walked with a limp on the right side to kind of like mimic the weight of the glove, you know. So he kind of had that. It was a very specific kind of walk and a swagger and the way he kept his arm cocked and stuff and like yeah. You know, it's just little stuff like that. Like, you can't teach that. Like, you know, someone's going to pick up on the psychology of the character and oh, you know, yeah. bring it to the surface. So, I never even – I never really realized that. Now I'm going to have to go because I know it's on the, – the whole uh, series is on Hulu now. Yeah. So I need to go back and just watch that just to, like, pick up on that. That's would be fun to just catch up on it again. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I did not – that's so so smart. Such a smart. Yeah. <laughs> Robert, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to meeting you in Arizona this summer. Yeah, we're gonna And eventually gonna... when they when they reboot it, you know, again, we know uh, you can just be Freddie. Yeah. Sure, I'll be fine with that. <laughs> I'll, I'll vote I'll vote for you. Yeah. Yeah. You've got our yeah, you've got our vote yeah. here. And yeah. and Robert England and Doug Jones, if you are listening, what is what is happening? Like why are y'all listening to our show? What is going on? Right. Just get it, yeah. Get it started. That's, get the ball rolling. Yeah. Y'all have some. Y'all have some making up. To hashtag. Do. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, oh, jeez. Um, well, I'm really curious to know what was the shoot like? Just shooting the film. Like, where did you film it? Um, I know Damien Leon did so much behind the scenes, like directing, wrote wrote the screenplay, produced it. Um, and of course, we got to ask, how long did the makeup take? It's <laughs> oh, a lot of questions. Okay. Yeah, a lot of questions. <laughs> um, one by one, filming it was great. It was we all had fun. It was it was a um, an interesting experience because you know we're, we're such a low budget film that you know we we were scraping by the whole entire time. Uh, like we we even had to take breaks just to raise more money and stuff like that. Mm. But uh, we also had a few setbacks with our location in Trenton. I don't want to go into because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that building was crazy. That that the whole building was just oh, <laughs> it was exactly as it looks in the movie. That that was not a, a wow. Set. Was, I appreciate, I appreciate yeah. that level of realism, though. So yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. that bathroom looked like that. We had no oh. running water or anything in there, so we had to like. Wow. A little porta potty outside and stuff like that. And oh man, that was that was an experience. But you know, it's like at the same time we had these setbacks and stuff like that. Like it was fun on set. We were all like, you know, you you would think like on a set like this that you know, oh, there's so much horrible stuff happening that it would just be so serious all the time. It's like, oh no, basically anytime like the camera would stop rolling, we're all just joking around and stuff like that. And, cracking jokes it was just we had we had fun everybody got along great it was just like that's one of those rarities i think is like all the personalities just matched so well together especially with all of us in the cast it's just like we all had fun yeah so, that's awesome yeah it's like if, and damien I, I can't say enough about the guy i'm like he and i have become like brothers now it's just like i i spent so much time in that makeup chair I, I spent probably like over a hundred hours alone in that makeup chair. Wow. Because it took about four hours usually to put on the makeup, but it would depend how everything went for the day because 
Mm-hmm. Damien also did my makeup for me. Wow. So cool. sometimes we would show up like a few hours before everybody else got to set just so he get most of my makeup done before everybody else arrived because you would have to go set up shots and go film shots and stuff like that. So you sometimes I would be in the makeup chair from like four o'clock in the afternoon until midnight. Wow. Because it just depended like what else was going on. Yeah. So I wore so many hats during this. It was like and you don't see that with directors. No. It's like is he wrote it, directed it, you know, did all the all the practical. Yeah, that's effects. that's pretty uncommon these days. Oh, it, he he was juggling so much. I don't know how he kept his sanity. I really don't. It's just like he was, <laughs> he's like the most calm, mild mannered guy you'll know, which is saying a lot because you the, all the stuff he comes up with, you're like, my god, he's got to be crazy. <laughs> it's a labor of love, right? Yeah. I yeah. feel like that's true of a lot of a lot of horror writers and directors. They're all like fairly chill, calm oh, people, yeah. peaceful. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's funny what they come up with. Oh yeah, it's like you would think he'd just be batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but well, he just has that. He's has a he has a vision. Yeah. I've got a I've got a friend that's in a metal band and is one of the most calm. Uh, very soft-spoken people that I have ever met. A very, yeah. very nice person, and writes the most demented lyrics I've ever read. <laughs> like they will make you very uncomfortable. Um, it's it's really bad. So yeah. to to make that comparison is really funny. That you know, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I, this is something I've noticed a lot, though, especially with actors, is, like, those that play these bad guys, these horrible characters, usually in real life, they are the nicest people you'll ever meet. Oh, for sure. Because, like, for me, I have an easier time playing someone that I'm nothing like. Right. I, I hate playing someone that's like myself. Right. So it's, it's easier for me just to let myself go and just throw myself into something else. That's so cool. So I, I imagine that's probably why that is. And, you know, it, even with your, like your friend here, it's like he's putting on an act when he goes on stage and stuff like that. And it's like, it's 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 a, it's a weird juxtaposition, really, when you think about it. <laughs> well, speaking of that shit crazy, I'm about to ask you about some crazy scenes from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that's listening that hasn't seen it, go ahead and turn this off now. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. spoiler alert coming up. <laughs> so I'm going to try to phrase this the nicest way that I can. Uh, but this is one of my favorite scenes, actually. Mm-hmm. How I mean, how was it and how did y'all do the setup and the shooting of the naked girl sawing from the vagina down to the head. Um, <laughs> Tell us about that. That took forever to film because, like, the whole part you see with Jenna was filmed before any of the rest. Uh, Jenna was the, the, the um, Tara's character in the film, the, the brunette, hmm. because she had to go film Bye Bye Man. Like, literally, she left us, and two days later, she was on set filming Bye Bye Man. Wow. So like, wow. <laughs> so we had to get all of her stuff done first, but, but we couldn't get to the whole scene with her, you know, getting cut in half. So, and that's also when we, we ended up like changing locations too. So all the stuff you see with Jenna 
is in a different location as opposed to all the stuff you see of Catherine. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and different states, too. Yeah. Wow. The Jenna stuff was in Trenton, New Jersey. The Catherine stuff was uh, on Staten Island at Seaview Mental Hospital. Wow. Oh, wow. It's like nasty That's building. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think it was like the building where filming is where they, you know, burned the bodies from like back when they had TV, oh. TV patients. We were down there in the tunnels and everything. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Wow. But, so, like, um, <laughs> gnarly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but yeah, Catherine, oh my God, I have like all the respect in the world for Catherine. She is, wow, I'm like just such an amazing person, just a team player, just went full into this role. And she went through so much hell. It was like, starting <laughs> like when they made the mold of her body, mm-hmm. they forgot to put the release agent on. Oh, no. And that was a full body mold, and she got stuck in there. <gasps> oh my yeah. God. Oh. Yeah, they were so afraid they almost had to take her to the ER. But they ended up just like peeling her out of there eventually. But I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Oh, God. (laughs) So it's like, oh, welcome to the film, Catherine. Yeah. yeah. It'll get better. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first night we were supposed to film the scene, they had just had this horrible snowstorm here, and they the building had already been badly damaged by the uh, Hurricane Sandy a few years ago. And so we were going in. The, they had already set up the whole rig that they hung her upside down from, and we went to the room, and the room was flooded. We're like, ah. Oh, God. Oh, in my makeup and everything, too. We're like, you have got to be kidding me. Oh, no. <laughs> So we didn't want to risk anything, especially with electrical equipment and stuff like that. So we're like, oh, crap, we're going to have to postpone this. So we had to postpone it for like two weeks. Well, we already had um, the the prop made for the intestines as well. It was this like uh, sausage casings that they just stuffed a lot, bunch of fat in. So they had to put that away for two weeks. I'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> so... Um, so the, we finally get like two weeks later, we filmed the scene. It's about 20 something degrees, maybe 22 degrees that day. And Catherine had to like hang upside down like that for a few hours, naked, covered in blood in freezing cold weather. And we had a rig that we would swoop in with every like, cause we don't let like, put her up on because we would not allow her to hang upside down more than 30 seconds. So we would have to shoot in like 30 second increments because we didn't want her to, you know, get hurt from right. hanging upside down like that, which actually ended up happening. She actually ended up having some inner ear problems because of it. But, um, yeah, wow. that's like, it was, that, that was probably the one night on set where there was no joking going on because mm-hmm. it was so serious and we wanted to make sure that she didn't get hurt, all that. And it's yeah. such a compromising position that she was in and you know she didn't complain or anything she was such a trooper through all of that i mean she even had like you know blood go up into her nose and her eyes at some uh, point while we're filming. oh my gosh bless she, her she, she, she's like, <laughs> like yeah, uh, mm, ow ow guys and like, oh, no 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 oh yeah. but she i mean she knew she she was full you know full fully committed to this scene because she knew this scene would be the scene everybody talked about uh, Yes, absolutely. um, 
So we finished with her, and then um, the next time we went in the film was where I ended up actually cutting the prop body in half with the hacksaw. And that was, um, I think, I can't remember if we did the same night or not. I don't think it was. But um, this is where we bring the sausage back into it because <laughs> um, they forgot to refrigerate the sausages for those weeks we were not filming. They, that, like, uh, our DP had left it in his garage and just totally forgot to refrigerate it. And so, like, oh, it, all... <laughs> I was glad That's I, brutal. I was wondering because it made it hard to smell things, but I could still smell oh. that. And oh, no. while I'm sawing, I accidentally cut into one of the sausages. Ah. Like, oh, oh, God. And like everybody, like everybody behind the camera, they're all just going. Oh, oh, oh man! So rancid. It was just Sick. like, oh god, oh Jesus! It definitely, that probably felt like a little bit of method acting for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. It's like, and probably one of the, the happy accidents we had with that was um, showing you the state of the room we were in. I don't know if you noticed, but there's like the ceiling tile that falls down when I whip away the um, the the curtain covering Catherine. Mm-hmm. That actually happened. It was like this ceiling chunk of ceiling just fell down right when I did that. <laughs> wow! Like, oh, did we get that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's our take. That's our take. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, for the record, my other favorite scene is when you're laying face down with the hair and then the boobs on the front. <laughs> oh, that that was so great. Yeah, was so <laughs> disgusting. Oh my god, that was a, that was a that was in Trent, New Jersey. That that floor was nasty. Oh no, <laughs> oh, was probably some kind of like cure for every disease uh, on that floor. Was, <laughs> like I got up and my hands were just black. Oh, oh man! <laughs> it being covered in all that, you know, the the blood and everything just made me extremely sticky. So I was just like, "Oh yeah. God!" Picking up everything that's on this floor right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, you, you suffer for your art. Yeah, that's right. No literally, yeah, yeah literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I was I was talking to somebody. Um, I think the the first thing we're talking about with the. Um, we were calling it the the scene with parentheses air quotes. Um, that reminded me of uh, Drew Barrymore and Scream. Um, just you know, because the girl, she was kind of the the quintessential, you know, you know, big boobs and blonde and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, it was just so. I, I mean, I don't know if I saw it coming, but you kind of had a sense something was coming, and then that was just so kind of out of left field and so brutal. Um, oh yeah, I think that might have been what kind of turned, um, you know, turned this from uh, you know pretty good low budget horror to like kind of like we were talking about earlier, kind of it's going viral and it's really kind of picking up steam. I think that took it over the edge and kind of um, added a uh, extra layer of danger that you kind of weren't seeing at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. And the pressure on is not as now on, you know, for the sequel is like, how are we going to top that? Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh Jesus! What are we going to do? 
Well, um, a few days ago, Dread Central, obviously the producers for the film, actually ran an article about art and what they called the slasher code. Um, did you read that? And okay. if you, yeah, so um, since you read it, which is awesome, because I had to read it, because I wasn't entirely sure what they meant by slasher code. Um, so I found the article super interesting. So how did you feel about it? Do you feel like he did break a slasher code? Or did he redefine it? I think he redefined it because I'm like I, how I look at art is like he's a, like almost like an evil MacGyver. Mm. He <laughs> used whatever's around him he, to you know achieve his 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 goal, and he's also has a contingency plan for everything. I would say, and that's his contingency plan. He doesn't want to use a gun. Like that's that's the one thing I will point out to people is like look at his face when he's killing her with the gun versus everybody else he kills. He's not having fun with that. He's very serious. He's disappointed. Mm-hmm. He's, I he's like, that. Yeah, and I, I think that's a he. He really finds no joy in using the gun, but it's an ends to a means for him. It's like, well, shit, I got to use this thing then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's his very, very, very last resort. Yeah, because yeah. it takes the fun out of it for him. He's yeah, like, right. The fun for him is, you know, just messing with people and just, you know, physically and mentally scarring them in any way he can. Mm-hmm. That's the fun for him. With him, he was like, okay, fine. I, I, he could tell he could not break her. He's like, fine, I can't break you. Okay, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah. Right. I have Absolutely. no place for you. And one of the things that that, that article actually talked about was uh, we don't really know what he is, where he came from. Like they talked about whether, you know, he was supernatural and he did have some of those qualities, but we really don't know anything about him. Right. So that was that was really cool, a cool read, um, and you can just read that on um, dreadcentral.com if you haven't checked that out. Um, to our listeners, definitely give that one a read. Um, it definitely makes you think a little bit. Oh yeah, I, I, I was so glad they wrote it. I was because that was actually like a debate we had like for a long time on set about using the gun. Is like, do we do this or not? And that's uh, so how we ultimately came up with like yeah let's do this because no one's going to see that coming either uh-huh exactly no one's going to see that coming yeah because at that point it kind of blurs the line between slasher and serial killer you know kind of yeah a little bit of both um yeah why can't he be both <laughs> right <laughs> and i had yeah. i had this question kind of i we, i didn't write it down but kb kind of like uh alluded to it um obviously since you played art you you have mm-hmm. a, you're you're an expert of art at this point. Um, <laughs> what do you? I mean, if and if you know the answer and you can't tell us, that's fine. But if you you know mm-hmm. if you had an opinion, you know, is he a you know supernatural? Is he a zombie? Is he a goat? Like what what do you think art is as far as a a being? I mean, is he something along those lines? You know, like zombie Jason Voorhees? I mean, is he? <laughs> yeah, like what? What is, what is your? He's take definitely the in the category of zombie Jason Voorhees. Oh yeah, I, I know exactly what he is, but I don't want to give that away, of course. But um, 
I would say yes. There would actually you could uh, be. I, I think you know it's very it's made clear by the end of the movie that you know there is a supernatural element to him mm-hmm. because like the guy rises off the the off the um, <laughs> the gurney you know with a big huge gun hole uh, wound in the back of his head like yeah <laughs> there's something else going on with him yeah yeah. I was kind of like KB. I, mm-hmm. I like stories that don't really give you a lot of backstory. Like, um, like it follows was a huge hit a couple years ago, and mm-hmm. it like the monster just is. Like they don't tell you this whole mythology. It just it is. You screw and then yeah, you get screwed. Yeah, and kind of yeah. kind of same thing with art. Like he just kind of shows up, and you know at the end of the movie you see that part, but it's it's kind of a you know. And then the fact that he doesn't um, correct me if I'm wrong. Art doesn't make us. He doesn't even. Like make a sound when he gets injured, right? I don't remember no. him making a peep the entire the movie. No sounds whatsoever. That, that's just crazy town. Because even yeah. I think I think in one of the Jasons he gets <laughs> like something happens and you kind of hear a uh, or something like you hear that kind of stuff. And I don't yeah. remember a you know um, I don't want to call him a villain, but you know the main guy. I, I don't remember him being completely silent like that. Like that's just crazy town so uh um i think it was a really interesting take on a character like that so it's you know yeah we've been talking about it for weeks now so um <laughs> so this set up that mystery i think it's yeah. just like it's like i mean i i look at like with the joker like you know 75 plus years in comics you you still don't know who he is mm-hmm. yeah i mean you have clues about who he might be but you still don't know exactly who he is yeah and that's kind of what we want to do with art. We don't want to fully just give a whole backstory prequel type story to him. We we want to like just leave clues here or there. Yeah, and that's what we intend to do in you know the future film as well. It's just like you know, have have a little hint here or there and let you draw your own conclusions. Well, it's working out so far. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I love it's that. More fun. Yeah, I, I totally. Think, so, yeah. Well, I know I am. I, I love fan theories. I, I, I remember, like, when I was reading the Harry Potter books before they finished them all, I was like, that was part of the fun was in that time in between books going, I have all these theories. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And, you know, see if that comes true or not. Because usually when it comes to theories like that, it's like usually what you have in your head is always going to be better than what they eventually put out. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I look at like what happened with the latest Star Wars movie last uh, last fall it was just like the backlash a lot of people had to it was because they had already had their thoughts in their head about who race parents were and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when they just went ahead and just revealed all that, it it took all the fun out of it for people. Yeah, I think it, the expectations. You know, I think that that's usually what leads to the disappointment. You know, you because when yeah. um, the Force Awakens come out and it was, you know, some people criticized it because it was very similar to the originals and all that kind of stuff. But it was obviously a huge hit. So I think that brought the fever pitch back up. And then, like you said, there was a lot of complaints with the Last Jedi and all that. So, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I I I'm, I'm right there with you. I love movies and songs and stuff where they don't spell it out. It's like just create your own theory and your own meaning and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, this is actually an official question. Uh, we'll get back on to the, um, we were talking about it a little bit before we, um, started recording, but, um, the response and, you know, the buzz for terrifier has just been crazy. Um, 
and you know, you I think you even mentioned it. Uh, this was not a big studio production. This was a low, you know, low budget, smaller oh, yeah. company. Um, but you know, I, we can't even get on our Instagram feed without seeing people making custom masks and drawings. And Lane and I saw some art tattoos, and I know you mentioned that as well. And just um, kind of talk a little bit of like, how, what has the reception been, you know, like since it finally came out and just every day, yeah. I'm sure it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And at this point, I think it's a viral, I would say it's a viral hit. Like, how has it, how has it been being kind of in the center of the hurricane? It, it's, it's been very surreal. It's, it's, I've, it's just been snowballing, you know, like the longer it's been out there, it just keeps on and on and on just building and building steam. And it's just, it's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. <laughs> It's like um, it, it, what's even more amazing about it, though, is we still have not gotten really any mention from like mainstream press, like entertainment press, like IGN mm. or Entertainment Weekly or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, which is boggles my mind. Well, it's, like, you, it's not available on streaming yet either, is it? No, not yet. See, I mean that that alone. You we have know, it on video on demand, but not streaming. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, what what was the uh, Veronica? Was that the Netflix movie? Yeah. yeah. So I mean that that dropped on Netflix and obviously you know got very viral, you know. But I mean that's Netflix, that's humongous. Yeah. So for that 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 kind of adds to that. I mean, again, it's not you know I can't just pull it up on Hulu. I can't pull it up on Shutter. So people are yeah. finding this movie. You know, either I actually rented it. I had to. I just went on. You know, just paid four bucks or whatever it is and rented it. And, um, but people are renting it and buying it. And if they have the VOD, I mean, you know, like you said, you haven't got a lot of mainstream press yet. And it's not even on the streaming stuff yet. So I imagine if you, you know, if it gets on Shutter or Netflix, it's just going <laughs> to go to that next level. So, yeah. But I mean, just the success it's had already is just, it, it's a testament to like how, how um, powerful a fan base really is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yeah, word of mouth. Yeah. Yes, word of mouth. That's what's gotten the word out. Social media. Yeah. It's it's been unreal. It's been absolutely unreal. It's like, especially in a day and age when um, people really don't buy physical copies of movies anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've they've run out of stock a few times, I believe, over there at Dread Central. Wow. And also over in the UK, it's just been like selling like gangbusters. And I'm like, that's boggles my mind. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also a testament to, you know, th- there's there's big studio movies with huge budgets that don't put out quality stuff, and then there's smaller guys with stretching budgets thin that do put out the quality stuff. So I mean, if yeah. you're if you put out a quality product, people are gonna it's gonna resonate. You know, oh, yeah. whether it takes a couple months, a okay, couple man. years. When Damien told me what the budget was for this, which I had totally been like thinking it was a much, much larger budget, but when he told me, I, I, I started laughing my head off. I couldn't stop laughing because I, I was like, we, we did all of this on that budget. Mm. <laughs> was, it, was, it, uh, was it over six figures or less? Oh, less. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it's, it's really impressive. It blows my mind because I, I look at a lot of the, the horror films that are out there, the, the mainstream ones, like it, these Hollywood blockbusters, you know, they pump millions upon millions of dollars into, 
and they get these crappy ratings on like Rotten Tomatoes and everything. Mm-hmm. It just shows you, like, you know, it's not necessarily all the money you put into it. It's like the quality of the people you hire and, and you know, the, the de- dedication that those that are creating it put behind it. Yeah. That's where you get the better product. And that's, I think that's what's happened here is, especially with Damien, he, he is a true horror fan. He is literally named after Damien from The Omen. Yeah! Wow, that's so cool. That's awesome. Hell yeah! Horror. He loves horror. This is his genre. He loves it, and he wanted to write something that you know deals with what he loves so much. He's like, well, he's basically like, screw it. If Hollywood can't write a good horror movie, might as well write my own. Yeah. And that's what he's done. And is that? And he, I mean, I look at like the Marvel movies. The reason they're so good is because they have the people that actually care about the the source material and the genre. I, they're the ones making it. Yeah. Because it's not about money. Yeah. It's, like it's they, about they like making something they like the that they that they love. Yeah. And that's what that's what's happened with this. Like Damien loves this, and like so many of us on the set love doing. Love the genre as well, and I think that's where where you get the better product. When yeah. you put people that love it in charge of doing it, that's when you get better product. One hundred percent. That's awesome. Um, and are there talks for a sequel? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. Like, oh yeah. Like uh, Damien just texted me today. It's like I just started writing the sequel. That's Woo! Nice. <laughs> like yeah. Yay! <laughs> you guys <laughs> had it here um, first. <laughs> so yeah, like about a year or so. <laughs> Yay, first dibs. <laughs> a year or so, like um, he he and I have been like going back and forth with ideas and still like for kill scenes and plot ideas and stuff like that. So it's it's been fun, but he's he's kind of set himself, you know, a, a goal. Like he wants to have the, at least a rough draft written by this this certain date. So he can finally, like, he'll have, like, the numbers from the sales and he'll have the script in hand. So he can finally go to, hopefully, some studios and be like, hey, so this is what we have. Pick this up. Pick us up. We've already proven we can do something with a very limited budget. Imagine what we could do if you gave us some more money. Yeah. Hell yeah. And historically, That's horror, so awesome. horror is one of the most profitable genres anyway, you know? I mean, yeah. if, if, mm-hmm. you, if you throw a million bucks onto a horror, I mean, it could, you know, a thousand times returns and stuff. I mean, it's just, that's a lot of reasons why people starting out will, not, not you guys, of course, but a lot of directors will start out doing horror movies just because it's so cheap. They can just do it really fast and... Yeah, you know, if it makes a buck, then they have a calling card and go to the next thing. So, um, but yeah, that's that's uh, you know to get the end result that you guys did and with not even having six figures is very commendable, <laughs> very impressive. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. blows my mind. I <laughs> it's like uh, it's like I, I understand like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre when it was made in the seventies was made like. Like how ours was, but I think they had actually a bigger budget. Wow! It's just like, but you see that with a lot of like the um, the the really well known horror films. So many of them, especially the franchise, so many of them started as independent films. Mm 
It's like Saw, you, you have, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think, like, Paranormal Activity, all that kind of stuff. It's like... Mm-hmm. Which most of them turned into full franchises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, With, like, you know, upwards of ten movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and yeah. it seems like art is the kind of character that can just keep going and there's so much you can do with him um you yourself and the writing as well like it's just so much potential there there's definitely a lot of potential there it's just like it, it's kind of it's it's unnerving at the same time because it's like we, we don't want to get too crazy with it too campy or anything like that mm-hmm. we don't want to, so we, we at least want to do three you know we'd love to have a good trilogy at least That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I, thought, I think that's like a <laughs> safe, a safe number too. Yeah. Like I feel like past three normally gets a little, uh, a little bit uh, of a reach. Yeah, yeah. But who knows? You know, who knows what ideas we might come up with in the future? It's just like we're just, mm-hmm. you know, we're focusing on the second one now, trying to come up with something mm-hmm. interesting. We definitely because I know like one of the main critiques of the film has gotten is that there's very little um, character development and very little plot, and we know that we knew when that knowing that from the get go. We're just like, yeah, we know this is very simple. Yeah, but in the next one, going to bring more of that into it. We also want to set up a true protagonist for him to go up against. Cool. Oh, that would be cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I, I like say it this way, like the Joker needs his Batman. Yeah. Right. Are we eventually going to get art versus it? <laughs> <laughs> like Freddy versus Jason. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Talk to art and uh, Pennywise. We'll have to talk to Bill and Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> I would actually love to be in the It sequel too. Like I, at first, I was trying to campaign to play uh, Richie Tozer in that, and I was like, cool, yeah. "Yeah, but you know, it looks like it's going to be a Bill Hader." So I'm like, "Well, <laughs> it's got to be anybody." Bill Hader is definitely the best person to put in that. Right. Role. Well, yeah, we'll we'll take Bill Hader for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's perfect for the role. For so absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hate on Bill Hader. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right I think a, agreed I, I met him years ago and he's just like the nicest oh, man as I was waiting so cool. it, was, it was just like it was the, the coolest thing I ever seen too because it was like I, I saw his human side is he was very nervous I think he was meeting a director or a producer or something like that and mm-hmm. he's like I, I have to step outside for a second I, I'll be back and I'm like okay and I see him outside <laughs> on the sidewalk practicing Introducing himself. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's so cool. And that's I was like, so cool. that is a wonderful thing to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, Very humbling. <laughs> talented man, yet he's so humble that he's he himself is very nervous and wants to make a good impression on this person. And I'm like, I, he's human. He's a human. And that's what I think some people forget. All these celebrities, they're human beings. Yeah. yeah. And it's always good to be reminded of that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And he's like, one of my friends uh, does hair and makeup for an SNL, and she she always just had the nicest things to say about Bill, too. So I'm just like, 
So, Bill, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> so many shout outs. I, I, I love, I love it. One day. <laughs> well, um, do you have any plans of any horror conventions this year? Oh, yeah. I got um, at least three that I'm signed up to do now. Uh, the first one I just got confirmed like a week or so ago is uh, going to be the. Uh, Mad Monster Party there in Arizona. Nice. They're bringing us in. And this is like, they're actually, I'm actually going to be appearing in character for that too, which is unusual. Oh, wow. Usually Damien does not want me to appear in character. Mm-hmm. Wants, you know, keep those two things separate. Let, you know, let the fans come in dress as art or something like that. But mm-hmm. they, they were like, hey, we do all these photo ops with all these other like horror icons. Like, uh, you know, you know, like uh, Kane Hodder and Robert England and all them. And they said, I, I told them, like, hey, talk to Damien. You know, I, I'm up for it. It's, it's Damien's baby, though. It's all up to him. Yeah. They talked to Damien, and they're like, hey, we'll fly you out there. You, you know, Tom Savini's doing the makeup for some other people and stuff like that. So just so you know, Tom Savini. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Just casual Tom Savini. Savini. That's like, gosh, I'm sure. And he's like, well, I can't pass this up. And and so, yeah, so we decided, yeah, we got to do this. So they're flying us out there to do that. It's like, I mean, they got all the legends too. It's like, you know, Robert England, Kane Hodder, Tyler Maine, like Lance Henderson, Tom Savini, all of them are going to be there. This thing is, I mean, it's just an honor absolute honor just to be to attend with those legends i'm like are you kidding me these are the guys that inspired me yeah it's like this is i'm I'm gonna be like a kid in a candy store just trying to keep my inner geek calm (laughs) oh Uh, that's so cool you'll be like bill Hader and practice (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's just it's it's so cool real that they would even want to put me with all these legends and I was like, we're, these are the big guys. We're just a small little independent film. It's just like, this is amazing. So, so are glad. you going to go in character? Yes. Oh, for that, I, I'm doing I think photo that, that, that honestly is a genius idea because people will put that all over social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a great opportunity for you and Damien, too. So that's awesome. Yeah. That is just straight up more exposure for you guys. So that oh, was yeah. smart on your all's move. Yeah, this is this is we're excited. I mean, I'm also doing um the cult classic convention in Bastrop, Texas in September, which is where they filmed uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one. Nice. Oh, that sounds like a fun convention. Yeah, they're gonna have yeah. a lot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre people, and they're also got a clown thing. So they're bringing in all these other people who played killer clowns. I think like the Circus of the Dead people, like Billy Pond and all them, mm. going to be there. So that's going to be fun. And then uh, in October, I'm going to be going to uh, England for the Birmingham Horror Convention out there. Nice. Wow. So that's going to be a great way to meet all the fans out there in the UK because I've been hearing from so many of them. And I'm like, oh, good. Plus, I get to finally go to England. I've always wanted to. So I'm like, that's going to be awesome. And that, you yeah, know, that's really cool that it's creating like opportunities to do all the stuff that you've never gotten to do before. Yeah, and I've always wanted to be on this side of like that's actually a dream of mine was to be 
on that side of the table at these conventions one day. I would. Mm. It's, it's, I think it's a great way to meet the people that you know are your fans and have you know given you a career and stuff like that. I, 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 I'm, I'm so excited. It's so kind of awesome. a kind of a testament. I, I've had a buddy of mine that he's not really into horror like we are. Like he didn't, you know, he didn't start a podcast or anything. But um, <laughs> we were talking about how many like conventions there are every year, yeah. and you know, his whole thing was. You know, it basically is it warranted? Is like yes, like that's how big horror yeah. is and fandom is. You know, and um, they were talking. You know, last year the big they kept having headlines about horrors back. And it's like well, horror never went away. You yeah. know, it might have been tweaked or it might have went down to the indies and you know the indie movies were smarter than the big budgets and stuff. But I mean, horror is just never going to go away. So oh, no. you know, it's always evolving. It's, yeah, you know. It's like, and I, I'm hoping that, like, what we have done is, you know, inspiring more filmmakers to take chances. Mm-hmm. And because that's what's been, I, I think, it's been severely lacking in Hollywood horror films in the past decade or so. Is that they, they're they're playing it too damn safe. Yeah, they don't show the kills anymore. They don't have fun with it anymore either. They're not fun. And it's just, it's a shame. It's like, case in point, Bye Bye Man. Like, when I saw Bye Bye Man, I talked to Jenna afterwards. I'm like, it seems like there was a lot left out. Like, a lot of, like, plot details and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. We had originally filmed a rated R version of the movie where all those details were explained. And we had more gore and more violence and everything. But the the Hollywood executives wanted to put more butts in the seat. Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 PG thirteen horror is is all yeah. rage. And that's actually something that we had a problem with when we were trying to find distributors for the film. We had some people. I, I don't know which studios. Damien won't tell me, but they wanted to put it in the um, theaters nationwide, but they would have to make massive cuts to the film, especially to the one kill scene that everybody talks about. Mm. And Damien was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Good that, for him. Yeah, A lot like, of people won't do that anymore. They see no. money waved in front of their face and they'll do whatever they want. Yeah. Because they're not like, in it for the right reasons. Yeah. He, he was like, no, this is, this, is, this is what's going to sell this movie. This is what makes it. This is, absolutely. This is what people are going to talk about. You can't play it safe in these types of movies. You've got to you know, go balls to the wall sometimes. Yeah. And it, he was about to go in like um, self distribution for you know, until like the last second, where um, the people at Dread Central, was, especially Uncle Creepy over there, Steve, he he was a huge fan. He had seen it, and he was like, "I want this movie to see the light of day. I want people to have access to this. I I want this movie. We will put it out for you." So it's like it's because awesome. of him that you know we got just distribution because it was it was it was hard because all these people want to make these big huge cuts and Damien's like no and I I totally understood why he was doing that I totally and I agreed with him I it was you know yeah it would have been great to be released nationwide but it wouldn't have been the same movie yeah. and I don't think mm-hmm. we've we'll gotten the same reaction yeah. That's a fantastic story to tell because, I mean, a lot of people will probably just 
watch the movie and be like, oh, that was a great movie. But knowing knowing what you all did to get it to where it is and to keep it as pure as possible makes it all all even way more worth it. Yeah. Like it makes it makes it um a little bit more special, I think. I agree. I agree. And and, and we've we've talked about, you know, like for the sequels, you know, he might relent and let them cut a few things as long as they allow him to release a direct like a director's cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I would love I would love I mean as a fan to get a director's cut of it. Yeah. Well, so, and there's there's a difference between cutting down from a hard R to a soft R, you know. Yeah. And then going from R to PG thirteen. I mean that that's a completely oh. different thing. Exactly. I mean they want bucks and seats, but me as a fan, if it if a horror movie's PG thirteen, I usually don't go. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it, it's usually not worth going to. Yeah, or it has to be like made as a PG thirteen, like intended to not be gory. The whole point is different, you know. Then yeah, I don't like Monster Squad it. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want watered down stuff. No, right. <laughs> yeah. no, especially when it comes to kills and stuff like you now, like Paranormal Activity, those type of movies. Yeah, that's okay mm-hmm. because that's their purpose. Yeah, that's on purpose. To not show that stuff because that's like part of the scare. Yeah. Right. But like you know, if they if they had done that to like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre back in the day, or you know, uh, Friday Thirteenth, all that, they wouldn't have been successful. Would no. never have worked. No, yeah. because that's what everybody remembers from those movies. They don't remember the plots. Mm-mm. I don't remember right. the plots of those movies. It's all about the creative kills. That's they what remember yeah. the kid from. Uh, from uh, now I don't even remember which Fred Krueger movie and that just goes to show you I'm remembering a kill before the title of the movie of when the kid gets turned into a puppet by his like own veins coming out of his body that's part three that's part three that scene so good but I can't remember what which one it's from it's part three Stream Warriors <laughs> I, thought, but I was like, I think that I'm probably going to say this, and then I'm going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. But that would still have proved my point. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you have any um, upcoming projects we should talk about, or um, anything that we can look forward to? Well, I'm still working on a Nightwing a- uh, Nightwing Escalation right now, the the web series where I play the Joker. So. Still waiting to film some final scenes for that, so that's going to be fun. Cool. Um, Sorry to interject. I, yeah, I didn't know you were involved with that because I had seen. Um, I was familiar with that before, you know, before oh, yeah. we set up this interview. And um, there's been a lot of cool, you know, Batman fan films and, and all that kind of stuff. But that one, I think the Nightwing that that's one of the better ones. Um, oh, yeah. His outfit's Thanks. incredible. But yeah, I, I had no idea that that was. You were the Joker, which now makes sense because I think I've seen on your Instagram feed. I've seen you in the Joker makeup, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't read the picture. Or I didn't follow along, so that's. Oh, okay. Eli! Eli wasn't around when we talked about that earlier. Oh, that's uh, I went to get a drink. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> get a beverage. Good yeah. and I mean, it's an amazing beverage, but I missed out on the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sorry to interrupt there. I I, I, I have seen that too. So. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm playing the Joker on the third season of that. So, it's we've already released the first half, so we're working on the second half of the third season right now. So, 
Um, I'm also, I, I can't announce it officially yet, but I, um, I can't, at least title wise, but I've, I'm doing, um, some incidental characters on, uh, uh, animated series is going to be released on Hulu later on this year with some bigger name stars. Oh, wow. Cool. I'm, not, I'm just like, I'm basically doing a bunch of critters and stuff like that. That's, it's really weird. It's like, that's kind of like where my career is. I, I'm playing a killer clown that doesn't speak. And then I do a bunch of kid cartoons where I basically do the voice of a bunch of like animals and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> Cause like, um, I, th- that's what I do for this one is like, I'm their creature guy. It's like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the animated series, super wings. It's on the sprout network, but the second season of that, they brought me in to basically anytime they had animals, I would just come in and just do a bunch of animals for them. It That's was so funny. It was so much fun. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> it really is. Awesome. It was like, what do you want me to do today? Oh, so today you're going to be a camel <laughs> taking part in an action show. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and they're like, just oh, work that. with that. That's all you need. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I got that coming out this fall. And, you know, who knows after this? I'm just like, just, I'm, I'm guessing I'm probably going to be having a powwow with my agent soon. So we can like, okay, so let's make things happen now. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have a, well, you have a crack and the door open. So let's try yeah. to kick it open. Yeah. Yeah. And if you ever get a chance to come to Nashville for a convention, you got to hit, hit us up. <laughs> I'd love to. I mean, especially since it's so close to home, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's one this weekend if you want to come on down, so. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Walk. One of us has a couch or something you can crash on. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to work this weekend, but. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I'm still, still doing my survival job, so, you know. Yeah, yeah I hear you. <laughs> Pay the bills still. <laughs> um. Well, I guess the last thing is, um, you know, where can where can the fans find you on social media? Obviously, you know, Instagram. But what are all your social handles? Where can we find you? I'm on like um, Twitter under David H Thornton, I believe. Um, on Instagram, David Howard Thornton, I think. Same thing with like Facebook and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm having to learn all this social media stuff now. I'm, I'm such an old fart and stuff. I'm like, oh, God. Well, it so makes it, message me, bear with me. Well, it makes it tricky when people make a different name for everything. You know, like, you know, Insta- or Facebook will be like D.H. Thornton, and then Twitter will be like D underscore H underscore Thornton, and then Instagram's David, Horton, uh, David Howard Thornton. It's like, just... Be consistent. Like, do the same. You know, I can't find uh, you. I've you do tried. I've tried. I, I tried to do that with my Twitter, but they would all allow a certain amount of characters. I'm like, ah. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. I don't know what it is with Twitter. They've had character limits on everything. The tweets, the handles. Like, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. So, well, awesome. Um, well, we greatly appreciate your time uh, today. Um, went a no little problem. bit, a little bit longer than we anticipated, but uh, that's fine. Got a lot of uh, got a lot of information on uh, one of the biggest buzzing movies of the year. So uh, we appreciate you stopping by, and um, maybe I don't know, maybe next year if you've got some information on Terrifier Two. Uh, yeah, we'll get you back on. You can give us some details on that. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Love to. Awesome. Well, all right. Yes. Well, we appreciate your time. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you so yes, much. Thank you. 
Congratulations on success. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs>